PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Ladies and gentlemen, how's it going? It's Chris Crespo. I'm in the Crespediso studio. And I have a special one for you. We're releasing some episodes from behind the paywall, behind the old Patreon paywall. That's right, patreon.com slash is where you go for brand new episodes every week. Uh, we'll talk about new movies as well as old movies uh, in separate episodes. It's fantastic. Sign up there today. Anywhere from $1 to $5 a month gets you full access to everything we do. But for the next few weeks... We have some special re-releases for you all, for everyone, for the whole world to enjoy. Shoutouts to our downloaders in India. You guys are awesome. You can still take advantage of this great offer. That's right, this re-release of Catherine Bigelow's Strange Days is brought to you by Manscaped. This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. We are sponsored by Manscaped at the moment for this and a few more episodes coming up. Uh, let me tell you about Manscaped and what it is. And ladies, don't fast forward because this can make a good gift for the men in your life. Or heck, let me tell you, you may even like some of these products yourself. Uh, Manscaped is uh, says they're the best in men's blow-to-waist grooming. And you know what? I don't. You know about any other competitors out there that are putting together packages like this, products like this? I don't think so. Who, Gillette? Get Gillette out of here. Bunch of plastic crap. No. Manscaped is not crap. It is precision engineer tools for your family jewels. I didn't come up with that. They wrote that. Um, but guys, they sent, me, they sent me a bunch of stuff. They sent me a bunch of stuff to try out. I'm going to try it out over the next few weeks. Try out these products. But I can tell you right away. I, I Even upon delivery, I was super impressed by the packaging. Uh, it's very... Very well done, very slick, very cool looking, simple but cool. And uh, one of the first things I noticed in taking out the packages, opening everything up, is the the legit craftsmanship of everything. The the trimmers, uh, I got several of which, and I'll explain them in a second, have like weight to them. And they got nice like vulcanized rubber sort of grips on them and, and LED light indicators for the power source, uh, for power supply, and the ceramic blade in one of them i mean these are some impressive impressive uh trimmers definitively better i mean hands down better than any trimmers i've ever owned in my life because i've always just gone to like you know your, your big box store and just go to the aisle buy whatever big brand you know uh crap 20 dollar trimmer that they have use that for a couple years who knows uh, what damage I've been doing to my skin over the years when I could have been using such great tools such as these. I'll tell you, they gave me the Performance Package 4.0. Look this thing up online, manscaped.com. Look up the Performance Package 4.0. It comes with a, a trimmer, a very, very solid trimmer called the Lawn Mower 4.0. This thing is great. It's for, for the, the like you use for your face, but it's also great for the groin. I mean, really, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about your boys, right? Your lads. Do we have to... Uh, we can't call them girls. Would that be weird? Your laddies, your ladies. Uh, there's also a weed whacker ear nose hair trimmer, which I'm gonna I'm gonna use for sure because my ear hairs are getting out of control since I'm an old man. And uh, these are some things I never thought that I wanted in my life. But hey, maybe I'm a maybe this is what I'm gonna start using. They have a ball deodorant. I ain't saying my balls smell, but hey, a ball deodorant sounds great. And 
the stuff smells good that's for sure and i have tried the uh the crop revolver crop reviver toner kind of hard to say crop reviver toner i spritzed that on let it air dry and i'm feeling revived i'm feeling good it smells good too i'm saying the stuff is good uh, it also comes with a nice travel bag to put everything in, a pair of boxers. It's a great, great package that they sent, and they sent a few other things as well. I'll be talking about that in other ads uh, over the next few weeks as we release some uh, older episodes from Patreon. But uh, this is our re-release on Strange Days, Catherine Bigelow's Strange Days, starring Ray Fiennes, uh, the 90s sci-fi dystopian thriller uh, hit. Uh, hit? No, not really a hit. And actually, when we recorded this episode, not readily available online a few years ago we had to purchase a dvd and watch it physically uh with physical media in order to do this episode it was a request from one of our patrons if you're a five dollar uh supporter at patreon.com slash so you get to choose a movie for us to do and we'll do a whole episode on that movie ron the wonderful on la asked us to do strange days with strange days um so you guys can hear that now and now the movie is actually quite readily available uh, as a matter of fact I will go ahead and look right now this is a a live lookup Strange Days is currently available on HBO Max on HBO so there you go um, anyway back to Manscaped guys the most important thing about Manscaped is the offer is what we get to offer you and your offer to you our listener is 20% off and free worldwide shipping you hear me India free worldwide shipping 20% off these amazing products all you gotta do and this is the most important part when you go to their website and they ask for the checkout code for the discount code you put in Crespo C-R-E-S-P-O it's my last name you put that in they know you heard this ad on my show it tracks that on their site and they're like hey this is a guy we want to keep doing business with and you know what i wouldn't mind if manscaped kept sending me free ball toner every few months uh in exchange for re-releasing some of these older episodes for the world to enjoy i mean they're they're this is from 2019 so might as well might as well uh, reuse these things. Um, again, that's promo code CRESPO, getting you 20% off your full order and uh, free shipping. That's incredible. That's going to save you a lot of money, guys and gals. So uh, check that out. We'll talk about more Manscaped stuff in the future for sure in the next few weeks. But in the meantime, enjoy this episode on Strange Days and have a good one.
What is up, bonus episode listeners? It's our Patreon episode for the week, and we are... I never explained this. You guys know. When you sign up, you already know. I never explain how. If you're a $5 patron, you get to choose what we talk about and what we do. We did that one episode for Ron. We each reviewed a movie for Uh him. But then he wanted us specifically to go a little deeper into Strange Days. Mm -hmm. Catherine Bigelow's Strange Days, right, Drew? Yes, correct. So that's what we're doing now, because he pays the $5 a month tier. If you pay $5 a month, you're an executive producer of the show, and then you get what you want. That's what we did. That's how it happens, and then we we count how to you. Uh, Not immediately, but we do it. It takes time sometimes. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes we'll get on it right away. It depends on how much money you want to throw at us, maybe. Or email reminders. Or, or, or what's going on or, in our lives. Or what's even happening. Yeah. So what I'm going to do here is uh, I got some notes on Strange Days. But we're going to... How do you want to do this, Drew? Let me... Because let me, I mean, we haven't talked about this off mic. I have like pre-production, post... I have a bunch of stuff here. Not that much. About a decent amount of stuff. We saw the movie. We rewatched it. Start to finish. Snout to tail. Soup to nuts. Nut to butt. Yes. Uh... Stem to stern, mm-hmm. uh, front to back. Did I say front to back? I'm not sure if you did. <laughs> the most basic one. I don't think. I don't think you did. I'm not sure you did. Chihuahua. Ah, some good stuff. Uh, so, how should we? Let's talk about the movie. <laughs> I know. I thought about it really hard. I'm thinking about it really hard. Let's let's start let's start talking about the movie, and then as we talk about it, I'll try to pepper things in. How about it? First off, yeah. I just want to say that it's. A movie made in 1995. Yes. About New Year's Eve 1999. 1999. Yes. So, like, you could definitely tell that this movie was conceived of way earlier. 1986. Because in four years, the only thing that became future Mm -hmm. was the squid. The squid. Okay. Yes. And that's it. Everything else was normal. Like... I mean, there are cell phones, but they had cell phones in the 90s. Yeah, flip phones. Still, still using flip phones. I remember you had flip phones on, in high school so in yeah, 99. Still using flip phones. Uh, but it is different in that it is a... Hellscape, all of a sudden. Like, in four years, somehow society has collapsed. In four years, we went and pa- from... And wearing Paisley on Paisley has become cool. Yeah, Paisley on Paisley is back. So they, they fucked up future fashion. <laughs> it's only four years in the future. They fucked up future fashion. And... Uh, <laughs> hold on. It kind of works. And um, Whatever. the movie is wig crazy. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, and here's the thing. Funny. The funny thing is, Chris, we 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 actually when we were we watching the movie, them, we yeah. commented on that like immediately. Where we're like, oh, uh, all wigs are now suspect. All wigs are all suspect wigs. in this movie. And at the end of the movie, it really it, it really, pays off. It really paid off, Chris. <laughs> it really paid off. That was so funny. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. Because you noticed it. You're like, we never. That's, Dude never has hair like that. He's yes. got to be wearing a wig. Yeah, Tom, oh, like just suspect. Tom Sizemore. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about all that, how that worked out. Um, yeah, came up with it in 86, James Cameron. Movie didn't get made until 90... When, when did they shoot it? 95. Well, so they probably shot it in 94. So they shot then. it in uh, June of 94, uh, over 77 nights in the greater Los Angeles area. So I do have some stuff yeah, on that Yeah, well, everything's... Here. I mean, it was probably during the summer, too, because the, everyone's fucking sweating profusely. Everyone is sweating profusely, but uh, also uh, production got delayed a few months, so they, okay. did, they didn't intend to shoot through the summer, but because the cast was incomplete, they couldn't get everyone right away that they wanted, it got delayed a few months. Mm. Um, so it took place... These are some interesting numbers. 77 days, 77 nights, uh, more precisely. Um, oh, God damn it. The big party scene at the end the new year's eve countdown uh get together right for our la listeners you can go to uh, the corner of fifth and flower street between the westin bonaventura hotel and the la public library and that's where they shot all that 
in order to get that whole scene, Drew, this is pretty wild. They had over 50 off-duty police officers to corral 10,000 extras. Yeah, sounds about right. Those 10,000 extras paid $10 a pop to be there. <gasps> so, wow, $100,000 in a production's pocket, right? Right there. The production, the the whole thing, they spent $750,000 putting on a for-real party. Yeah. So all that did was sort of pay off some of their expenses they're already doing because oh. what they did was they hired uh, rave promoters Moss Jacobs and Phil Blaine I don't know you guys are. Uh, but they got them to get Aphex Twin and D-Light oh, and whatever nice. quote cyber techno bands they could garner and quote I mean that, that, that that's the vibe everything was very industrial techno it was like world industrial techno if it was American it was like industrial yeah. and if otherwise it was techno it was very like yeah, but it, it was 90s, European it was 90s electronic music at the time it totally was and no. uh, stuff doesn't age very well no um, the event started at 9 o'clock on a Saturday night, ended shortly before its scheduled end at 4 a.m. as five people were hospitalized for suffering overdoses of the drug. Ecstasy. Correct. Yes, it's 90s, 90s ecstasy. <laughs> oh, it was probably the dirty stuff, too. Oh, yeah, it was the dirty stuff. God, it was so good. So a lot of work went into shooting that in, uh, pretty much in L.A. It's a very L.A. movie. Yeah. And yes, it's it, within four years, it goes from... Like regular LA to like some sort of like the, uh, the Rodney King riots, yeah. But always, no, exactly. Yes, it's like, it's like the riots never stopped. The riots never stopped. So many times, so many cars on fire. Where <laughs> there's a car on fire and there are people being detained by the police. Yes. Like I'm everywhere, every, every corner, everywhere. Uh, so Catherine Bigelow said two of her big influences for this was the Rodney King riots and all that hoopla that surrounded that. And mm-hmm. then for some reason, um, it spoke to her the whole Lorena Bobbitt trial. Okay, so yeah. I guess that's where the macho dudes come from. Macho dudes, I think also obsession with um, uh, voyeur culture yeah. and uh, the treatment of women yeah. and of dismiss- being dismissive of uh, abused women. And uh, the Lorena Bobba thing's come back around. There's a documentary that just came out, I think. Fantastic. Or no, a series on Amazon. My favorite joke about the whole thing was... Uh, after John Bobbitt got his dick sewn back on, he yeah. went to work for Snap-on Tools. Boom. Boom. Good dum dum my towels over there. I know. Oh, so I just saw on IMDb, there's this thing. Uh, so we all know how James Cameron likes creating technology for movies. Yes. He did that for this one too, Chris, didn't, didn't he? Yeah, of course he did. Fucking crazy asshole! Of course he did. Um, the squid technology. The only thing that's invented in this future. Yeah. Is this uh, device that you put it on your head, you can hide it with a wig or hat or something, and it can record your experience, view view your eyes. And your emotions, too, because they seem to feel it, too. Yes, the sensory of it as well. So, like, one guy, some potential customer, Ray Fiennes' character, uh, Lenny Nero, he's um, he's like, first he's watching a dude, like, rub himself, rub his chest and everything, and then when he shuts it off, he's like... That's a teenage girl taking a shower. It's like, mm-hmm. all right. So, yeah, that's, so, that exactly. he, so that's why he's acting that. He's feeling like this is what it yeah. feels like to be this girl yeah. uh, rubbing on her young boobies. Um, right. So many things I want to talk about this movie. Actually. Well, I mean, that's not the kind of technology I was. I was talking about the actual technology. It says that here on IMDb that Catherine Bigelow found that no existing camera system could accomplish the shots necessary. For the squid. For the, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I'm explaining the, for the squid. the POV. So the POV is the big part. Yeah. Uh, PO, well, because, I mean... Because Lenny pretty much is, is a purveyor of illicit. Yeah, he's an ex-cop. Yeah, turned smut. Ex vice cop. Ex vice cop turned no. smut peddler. So turned a uh, vicer, mm-hmm. vice cop, the vice yeah. guy. 
Makes perfect and, sense. And um, but no blackjacks, Chris. No blackjacks. I don't deal in blackjacks. <laughs> but then he still bought that tape, though. Yeah. He still dealt in it. <laughs> so he's a liar. He just doesn't like watching them. That's all. Because it's not films. It is. Yeah. Okay. So yes, the you get a first person. You when you put the squid on your head, you can either record everything or you can get the the playback, which is they just call yeah. playback. Mm-hmm. Very direct in this movie, and uh, it just plays in your mind. Yeah. You just close your eyes and it plays in your mind. Um, so the movie starts cold open with the whole first person extended fake one shot of robbing a restaurant. Yeah. And it goes up the building, up the building, and there's Around, a helicopter. Blah, 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 and the dude... Dude jumps from one to the other. But misses... Falls short, so you see his arms out in front of yeah. him, and then the guy's trying to hold on to him. He shoots a gun, and, and he drops to his death. And then that's when he rips it off. Like, God damn it. God damn blackjacks. God blackjacks. So, so mad about those God blackjacks. I told you. So funny. That's very funny. Okay, so yes, Drew. They did not have proper uh, equipment... Especially the whole thing with having, so you can see the guy's hands out yeah. in front of you too, you know. And there was no POV cameras no, at the time. I mean, you could do stuff with POV, but there was no GoPros. There were no, no there's no digital. It's mm-hmm. all film. Yeah. So uh, yeah, what they did specifically was a full year. One year was spent building yes. a specialized camera that could reproduce this effect of just looking through someone's eyes. Um, it was essentially, this is for our, our nerds in the audience, it was, quote, a stripped-down Ari that weighed much less than the smaller EYMO, and yet it would take all the prime lenses. <laughs> so it was a, it was a super yeah. stripped-down camera that could still uh, swap out lenses on it, right? Yeah. And then so, <laughs> that thing of film. Um, that 16-foot jump between the two buildings, it took, that whole scene, including that 16-foot jump, that whole sequence took two years to coordinate. Oh, God. Uh, they were hidden cuts because yeah. uh, they were using different cameras and different setups okay. for everything. So, uh, like, the jump from building to building was done with a helmet camera. Uh, but running up the stairs was done with a steady cam. So they had to find ways to cut all mm-hmm. these things together. Which The fake one scene, it worked pretty well. I was actually, I was looking for the cuts yeah. and, like... Well, ha- and here's the thing, too. Because it's, like, a video-type thing, mm-hmm. like, during playback, like, there can be fuzz and things of that you nature. You can hide things with and as, uh, and as long as you put that out there beforehand, yeah. then you can... You, that can be your hiding mechanism if you want. Yeah, it's pretty pretty incredible. Yeah, wow. that's absolutely right. Because you're not expecting perfect things for uh, for uh, some sort of playback system. Exactly. Um, according to Cameron, we designed transitions that would work seamlessly. It was a very technical scene that doesn't look technical. Um, and then also later on, the another bit of trickery when Iris is running away from the cops and then there's a train coming and she's like, yeah. oh, oh, and then she runs and gets in front of that train. That was all done in reverse. They, they shot okay. that scene in reverse. Gotcha. The train was pulling away. Yeah. They ran backwards. And then in the editing, they just... Nope. I love when they did that stuff. <laughs> in Anaconda, there's a shot in the movie where they did that trick uh, to like show the snake coming down and like, biting someone. But it was next to a waterfall. The so water long. is going up. <laughs> the water is going up. Of course they did. Big difference between the James Cameron yep. produced movie and... Whatever that was. Anaconda. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, so some technology was invented of to course. show this technology okay. in this movie. Goddamn crazy asshole. Why does he always do that? But then it's, we, as we know, it's not all about just the technology and all that cool stuff, because that opening scene is really good. No, it is. And at the time, I'm, I'm sure it was even better. pretty mind-blowing. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, now we've seen Children of Men. Exactly. But, and, yeah. But that was, it was just well-crafted, you know, and, and it escalates in a great way. But by the time it gets to the roof and there's a helicopter, it's like, oh, yeah. shit, <laughs> You are fucked, Totally. Dude. That's what you get for trying to rob a restaurant. Um, 
Let me see. What do I, what do I want to get into? Let's jump back into pre-production here before okay. we start talking about the movie uh, real proper. So he thought about it in 86. He gave it to Catherine. We told the idea to Catherine Bigelow. Catherine Bigelow loved it. Uh, her quote was, these two characters on the eve of the millennium with one character trying to get the woman who loves him to help him save the woman he loves. It's the great emotional matrix. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, that's what drew her in initially. But then apparently... Uh, they worked on the film society and political elements together, Cameron and Bigelow. But Cameron ended up focusing more on the romantic side, and Bigelow centered on the more the edginess and the gritty side. Well, I mean, this is from the man who brought us Titanic. Titanic and Avatar, and uh, the woman who brought us uh, Detroit and The Hurt Locker. <laughs> man. And Zero Dark Thirty. <laughs> Little role reversal there. And, uh, and uh, oh, she's like, fuck these roles. What else? Near Dark? You ever see that one? Mm-mm. That's a fucked up movie. Well, I mean, it's just a really good 80s vampire movie with uh, Pullman. Ah. He's great. Not Paxton. Not Paxton, correct. You're thinking of Casper. The <laughs> <ghost>. <laughs> um, you mean the ghost of Richie Rich? The ghost of Richie Rich is correct. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> lazy, lazy artist. The, um... Those can, discussions about the movie, uh, Cameron and Bigelow bounced it back around. I, I think it was while they were married at the time. Uh, or maybe they were already broken up by then, because when he was doing T2 in 92, he was with Linda Hamilton by then. Mm-hmm. Well, then, yeah, much later. So they may already yeah. have been on a X basis, but still uh, working together. He took everything that they discussed together and wrote a 90-page treatment that he said, uh, how do you describe it? It was practically a novel, but it was unwieldy. It needed structure, is how he described it. So he gave this guy Jay Cox. Jay Cox has been a screenwriter for a long time. Um, one of the first people to try to take a crack at Blade Runner before it was like oh, do an yeah. Android Dream of Electric mm-hmm. Sheep, and then like never really followed followed through, and then went really scott all that stuff. Um, he also worked on oh, who was it? Martin Scorsese. He wrote Gangs of New York in 1976. The movie got made in 2001. Yeah. So that's how long ago he was involved in that thing and working with Martin Scorsese. That's yeah. wild. So that's what I'm saying, Drew. Nope, nope, stop. I ain't stopping. Some, something's going to hit me. I, I can't wait for a Flint Steel movie. It's, I'm looking forward to it. Well, it's going to be a podcast first. Whatever. It's coming. It's oh, yeah. fine. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. What I just, what as long we just, as he's got a mechanical hand and a What do we just see what, uh, what the robot... Uh, Dude with the robot arm, yeah. I know. We did just see something. It was on a cow- wasn't like Cowboy? It was... Flint Steel ends. Is like, I don't. That, that's not going to last in the. That's not making it to the podcast version. The cowboy ending. No. I'm keep it in though. <laughs> People do not know what we're talking about. Um, it's fine. They don't have to. They'll they'll learn soon enough. This will make sense in the future. Uh, Bigelow. Then I already mentioned the Ronnie King stuff, and mm-hmm. that helped her be like, oh, "We're definitely making this movie." Um, both Strange Days and True Lies mm-hmm. were part of a multi-million-dollar production deal with Lightstorm Entertainment and 20th Century Fox. Uh, they pretty much got like $100 million, but 70 of it went to True Lies and 30 of it went to Strange. Uh, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Um, the script was completed in 93. They didn't cast until 94. Andy Garcia was their original choice for Lenny Nero. A young mm-hmm. 90s Andy a, Garcia. A young Andy, you know what? He, he probably looks better sweaty than Ray Fiennes does. Yeah. You know what? He would have been a good Max. Yeah. The, uh, the friend, yeah. as opposed to Tom Sizemore. Yeah. 
who I like Tom Sizemore, but I, he's always all wigs are suspect. Always all wigs are suspect. <laughs> all Tom Sizemores are suspect. If Tom Sizemore's in a movie, he's a suspect character. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's not a good guy. Mm-mm. He's not a good guy in real life. Well, it's just, it's just like the bad guy in this movie. Every time you saw him in movies in the '90s, he was always the bad guy. Yes, Michael Wincott. Yes, uh, who was bad guy. Yes, as soon as you see him, oh, he's the one. It's yeah. his fault yep. that whatever is happening is happening. Uh, he was the bad guy in The Crow, mm-hmm. and then he has that voice, and he's like, "Get out of here! Give me that playback. This is my girl." He's got a, does have a great voice. <laughs> Uh, it must be throat polyps or something. Yeah, um, some sort of cancer. So obviously he was cast for his face and his voice. Yes. Because I mean, how else? I mean, he was born like that. It's like I gotta go to Hollywood, Mama. This is all I can do. They won't hire I'm me. Gonna, I'm gonna be the baddest of all bad men. They won't hire me down at the bank. <laughs> <laughs> you scare all the customers, Michael. Every time they're just trying to make deposits. I know. All free little girls candy. <laughs> See, <It's bad. laughs> it does it's not like, Michael, work out. Stop that, Michael. Stop it. <laughs> Um. So Anna Garcia was a strong potential candidate, and then actually speaking of Philo Gant, the bad guy character who is in the movie, he's a um, uh, music producer, no music yes. manager. Yeah, yes, producer manager does it yeah, all. Whatever. Yeah. The uh, the dead dude Jericho he, One was yes, his client. Exactly. He had him under surveillance. And one people really know. thought that Jericho One thing was going to go further. Thought it was, I totally forgot it, about It's funny yeah. that it's, yeah, it's really it's just. It's very prevalent, and then it's just kind of. It's really just backdrop. You see in the yeah. beginning, and you see, it's, it's the Rodney King stand. Mm. Uh, before they end up getting well, Rodney Michael King Wincott. slash Malcolm X slash Tupac Shakur. Slash Black versus White. Yeah. Uh, Bono. Can you imagine Bono in that role? What, uh, what role? In the Philo Gantz role. Because he was, they were looking at him and trying to get Bono to play the bad guy. I mean, stylistically, I get it. Because at the time, Bono was very kind of futuristic, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and this, this movie is very slightly futuristic. Slightly, so, like, so I slightly, get it. It is slightly futuristic. I get it. I get it. He, he would have he fit visually. That's very funny. But motherfucker can't act for shit, probably. Probably not. Probably a good reason why he wasn't cast. No. I mean, it's, like, it's like casting Sting in Dune. It's like, what are you doing? Oh, my God. <laughs> So why? So I I've only seen you know because I play on sci-fi a lot. I've only seen like the the end or bits and pieces in the middle. So I've I never, never bothered to I've watch. I've never it. watched the whole movie all the way through. I started watching from the very beginning. I'm like, oh, let me just. I, I finally read Dune for the first time. Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited about this movie. And let me put this thing on from the beginning and watch it. And as soon as it starts, I'm just like, what? Oh my God. <laughs> Every decision is. Baffling, it really is. It's a baffling movie. That's I'm what like, I really like. I really like about Jodorowsky's Dune uh, when he's sitting there. He's like, "I've heard David Fincher was going to watch me. David Lynch. David, David Lynch, Lynch was going to yeah. make the movie." And I'm like, "Oh no! Like this is going to be. This is going to be. Ter- he's this he's like, be, I adore him. He's no, one of my like, heroes. Gonna, this is going to be. He's going to do. It. And then I watch it. It's a piece of shit. And I'm like, thank you. And he's so happy. Yeah. He's like, yeah. It's it terrible. It's genuinely terrible. It really is. And like, even not even in a fun way to watch. No, like I find myself like, bored. Yes. And uh, uh-huh. Kyle MacLachlan is like playing his character all wrong, and it's so weird. He was 24 when he did that movie. Timothy Chalamet is 23 right now. If you put them side by side, that MacLachlan and this Chalamet, they still look like they're 10 years apart. Yeah. It's wild how old MacLachlan looked at, or how young Chalamet looks. Yeah, a combination of the two. Yeah. I mean, Timothy Chalamet can easily be confused for like a 14 year old boy. Hmm, 16. Still, so. Get a little tall there. Still. <laughs> He's got that great hair. The ladies love that hair. Um, Fine got cast as uh, as uh, Lenny Nero because Bigelow really 
saw Schindler's List and really liked what she saw there. Mm-hmm. Saw that the uh, she was like, I need a level of intelligence and complexity and uh, something really deep for this character. And she, what was her quote? Um, qualities that I really felt only Ray could supply. I mean, yeah. Like, really sold on him. And he was. I get it. Great. Yeah, he's fantastic. He, he, I mean, he's very fine. He's very fine. He's very fine. Has he ever done a bad role? Probably not. I mean, this probably... has been in bad movies, but I don't think he's ever been bad in a movie. He's one of those guys. No, no, no. Yeah. He's like a I Gene mean, Hackman type. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of movies of Ray's that I haven't seen. That's the thing. I haven't it, seen them all. But in the movies that I have, he's always been good. Even that weird-ass fucking Coriolanus movie. Where, Coriolanus. Yeah. That was a great movie. He was fucking, he was fucking crazy as shit in that movie. He was intimidating in that movie. Yeah. Scary as fuck. As General Coriolanus. Then Jerry Butler was like, Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Thick Irish Scottish uh, mumble marble mouth thing he has going on. Every time he speaks, I'm like, it's hurting my cheeks. Um, Angela Bassett. So Ray Fine wasn't the original choice. Uh, wasn't even James Cameron wasn't even like too hot on him. Yeah. And he said that uh, he felt that while he was like a little too slick for the character, mm-hmm. he was still sexier. And uh, what was the other adjective he used? I guess ultimately better. Well, I mean, this movie, this movie was kind of riding that '90s like erotic line, absolutely. Especially with uh, the uh, what's her face, Juliet Lewis. Yes, with the Juliet Lewis stuff. Yeah, Juliet Lewis uh, being like butt naked almost the entire movie. Uh, Juliet Lewis cast because um, she was already in bands at that time. She still does her own band, Juliet and the Licks, the Licks. Let me guess, she sang all that stuff herself. Yeah. Actually. Because they didn't want it to have to deal with lip syncing. No. So that was her scene mm-hmm. in, the, in the in the movie. Yeah. So that's the probably the main reason. That well, and of. she's fine with being nude. And yeah. she's Juliette Lewis, and she a known looked, person. And she looks great naked. She looks great naked. And I mean, she's just very skinny. It was all it was. And um, when the movie came out at the time, the Ray Fiennes and Angela Bassett were pretty much universally praised. Okay. And uh, it was deemed that Juliette Lewis and Tom Sizemore were miscast for their roles. I didn't think Tom Sizemore was miscast. I think you overplay your hand with him. It's like when you put Ed Harris in the movie and then you try to pretend someone else is a bad guy. Like, no. 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 <laughs> Ed Harris is a bad guy. The, the twist is coming. I know the twist is coming. You put Sean Bean in the movie. Yeah. He's going to die. He's gonna... I know he's going to die. You're, play, you're overplaying it's, it's your hand. It's all just about when. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh so Tom Sizemore I felt like that was just an overplay I thought Julia Lewis was fine yeah. I liked her and it, it worked um, yes and then the movie they shot the movie so uh, that squid opening was really good it's a long movie it's really it is 220 well, a, a full 220 do, do you feel like looking back that they could they could reduce anything cut they, anything they, it all depends on the story what, sprawls well no exactly that's the thing like they would have to either cut out plot or cut out story parts mm-hmm. which would mean we just like you know wh- which line don't you follow you right. know because there are a couple of lines I mean some of them lead places some of them don't yeah I mean they all I just I mean it tells like just, a just a, story that's the thing there's so many moving pieces no uh, because they're going for a well no I mean a it, cool film noir exactly it was like very Blade Runner inspired yes it's a femme it's got the femme fatale thing mm-hmm. with Iris you know. Uh, you know the the lady that gets the plot moving and gets people dead and witnesses exactly. the murder herself and all yeah. that yeah you know it's 
Ray Fiennes is the reluctant anti-hero where he, you know, in the beginning he's like, and eh, then he has to fucking go and yeah. fucking do it. Yeah, because the actual hero is uh, Mace, yeah. uh, Angela Bassett's mm-hmm. character. Yeah. You know, she's the one who's always like, I'm looking out for Lenny. Yeah. Like, I'm the only one who's got his yes. back. We got to do the right thing. Uh-huh. Uh, that's a great movie. Yeah. People should see it. So. Yes, correct. Um, notes, 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 notes. I'll leave the post-production stuff later. Um... Yeah, I don't know what you would cut out because it's it starts with. I mean, like I said, pick it starts. It introduces pick a storyline. Yeah, you, it, int- it introduces a squid thing and him selling all that stuff, right? Yeah, and then there's a little bit of backstory about him and uh, Mace's boyfriend who got arrested on for a drug possession uh-huh. and got sent away. Yeah. So she meets Ray Fine as like you said a vice cop, yes. and she's be- he's being fatherly to her young son. Uh-huh. Correct. You could cut some of that stuff out, but then. But then you don't understand why she gives a shit at all about this dirt bag. Yeah, exactly. Or why she even, I mean, come well, to find out at the end why she loves him. She fully loves him. Yeah. yeah. So. And this idiot's running around trying to think about this girl that's left him, uh, who's just some wild child, Julia Lewis, yep. when uh, he's got himself a perfectly good Angela Bassett right there. She's got a job. Yeah, but he good looking. He, he can't see that because they're just, I mean, that's... Because it's, yeah, because you want what you can't have. Exactly. And uh, that's what that's part of his pitch. That's what the squid gives you. It gives yeah. you the things that you can't have. The marketing for this movie, I checked out the trailers on the Vivid. Not bad. Also, it seemed that people thought the reason why the movie did poorly was because it was mismarketed. Mm-hmm. But I kind of like the marketing. The first teaser they put out was just Ray Fine looking right at the camera, and it shot like a uh, a sales video. Okay, and it just he's just trying to sell you. Yeah, yeah. or like uh, like this is my presentation for how I'm going to get my TED talk. And it, and it's him just doing the the sales pitch, and um, it's pretty much like the same dialogue that's in the movie, and it's like really good, very mm-hmm. very compelling. But then it doesn't tell you what the movie's about. No, but it's only the teaser. Mm-hmm. Then they do the actual trailer, uh, which does like pretty much just straight up explain it, and it looks very exciting because the movie has enough wild imagery that you can yeah, cut wi- together like oh wild imagery I mean there's even chase scenes that aren't they're not really chase scenes per se yeah, but, but there's, there's enough to get for trailers there's people plenty. moving fast yeah there's yeah. cops running around Vincent D'Onofrio and William Fickner as yeah. cops running around looking sweaty as fuck in the beginning and in the end and they're lost in the middle just like gone yeah <laughs> when, when convenient maybe there was more stuff there of them like investigating and poking around that they were just like Guys, this movie is three hours long. We what have to the fuck. <laughs> what we, well, I guess we can lose the forty minutes of the two cops. Yes, lose the forty fucking minutes. <laughs> no one's gonna miss it except two schmucks doing a podcast yeah. twenty five years from now. Fifteen, twenty years. God damn it! Come on, Chris. Math. Twenty four years from now. Anyway, and um, sorry, everything's on fire. Jericho one is recently dead. Yes, the movie starts with him. He dead. was just assassinated. Apparently, and that's another thing. So, and nobody knows why and or uh, how. I, okay, this is something that bothers me. The whole Jericho one thing—that's supposed to be hinting at like if uh, if this information comes out that these cops killed him because he's like an activist and a rapper and he's bringing all these LAPD protests out. Mm-hmm. Um, if it comes out that they did that, then there's gonna be race riots all over the city. Which it already style. looks like already, there are. City is already uh, yeah. a hellscape. Meanwhile, Tom Sizemore as Max, the private eye who's like one of Lenny's two friends, the other one being Angela Bassett, mm-hmm. uh, he keeps saying, like, the world's going to end. The world's ending. New yeah. Year's Eve. It's the end of the yeah. world. It's the apocalypse. But, like, no one else. That's not no. a theme. No, not, no nobody anyone else. else. There's, no, there's no Y2K. No. I wonder, <laughs> was it too early for Y2K? Or did they... Did can they you look up on your know? phone when Y2K? Just Google uh, Y2K Wikipedia. 
just see if they have like a roughly time when that idea came up because maybe they didn't know what if the movie came out one year before Y2K and then they're like fuck god damn we didn't include any of that stuff we could have had airplanes falling out of the uh, sky yeah, right at midnight uh, they, they could have had an, like an end of the world cult you know they could have had because uh, we've seen these things we've seen people come up with dumb culty ideas around uh, significant events and, and uh, just a, a shot of like some street protesters with signs saying the world end is nigh would have you know lent more credence to him running around saying that same thing anyway he just seemed like a, a crazy man to me Drew Zakaga was looking up right now I'm gonna drink some uh, it's gonna be a while oh well then don't worry mm, about it long. <laughs> So I'm gonna just say right at the start that no, it, in there. No. Okay. Um. So. Yeah. Let's let's, let's explain the Tom Sizemore joke. The whole wig thing. The first recorded mention of the year 2000 problem on a Usenet news group occurred on Friday, the 18th of January, 1985. Okay. So the Y2K thing was on for a while. Well, I'm not sure if it was as popular as it was but there it, at the end with the giant scare. But in '85, somebody was thinking about it. So yeah, it was not there. Cameron would have found it. He's just uh, he's a nerd. 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 <laughs> what? 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 Nerd. Uh, we got really oh, so many buttons. For some reason, this time all the buttons. Are here. I was like, Which one is it? I don't pick know one. I, I picked pick, pick a random button, Chris. I definitely don't do that. Anyway, delete. He uh so. We see Iris running away from the cops. That's when we first are introduced to mm-hmm. Fickner and D'Onofrio. And it's funny. She's running away from like six cops. There's like three pairs of two. And the trailing pair is Fickner and D'Onofrio. Yeah. And that's her like, those are our cops. Yep. Those are the ones <laughs> those we're are following. Well, yeah, movie. because I saw I saw Vincent D'Onofrio's face. And I'm like, oh, it's Vinny D. Yeah, exactly. I guess, I guess you're, uh, you're going to be this one for and, a while. And then Fickner's running behind him. People don't know his name, but they know his face. Like no, exactly. Angular, yes. Especially 90s. No, he was, uh, I mean, you were just talking about. Uh, Heat? No. Dark Knight? He's in both of those. He was, yeah. No, Played uh, the same character. Uh, no, he was in uh, The Rock. Fuck yes, Ed he Her- was. Ed Harris. Fuck yes, he was. <laughs> God, he was in so many great 90s movies and 90s roles. I love William Fickner. He's yeah. fantastic. Um, read a great interview with him online, too, a couple weeks ago. It's like, man, this guy seems like yeah. a cool He played dude. the devil in something, too, didn't he? I want to say he did. Stay angry? Drive angry? Was he the devil in that? I think so. Yes. I think he was. <laughs> yes. Drew Sikovering. Uh, yes, good uh, job. Uh, yeah, we did it together. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, that movie should have been a lot better than it was. Oh, yeah. Real bummer, especially yeah. in 3D. I was about to say. They, did a, they, they copied a scene from uh, from Shoot 'em Up, and they thought, like, oh, yeah, we got it. You got Nick Cage in an old bag uh, having sex and having a shootout. We had yeah. Clive Owen and Monica Bellucci in a shootout. Yeah. We win. Yeah, you idiots. Uh-huh. And she was she was lactating, and he was eating a carrot the entire movie. Oh my god! <laughs> another one that should have been better than I was. God damn! Dude, it was a live action Bugs Bunny movie. It still should have been better. He was bu- Trevo and was Bugs Bunny. I, yeah, Literally, carrot I know, and all. I know. We should revisit it. <laughs> anyway, back to this movie. But I feel like Strange it should have been better. Strange Days. I feel like the only way Strange Days could have been. I don't know how to make this one better. I like it. If I put it on a one so, to ten, so, I'll put it on like a six and a half, seven type of thing. If you find a way to tighten up the story somehow, it, it's it's tough though because uh, I know it, I know it, it would take a decent rewrite to eliminate some characters and and shorten some steps, or maybe don't focus so much on the I don't know because you need to stand in for the Jericho Kane thing to have the idea that the city is on the verge of like exploding in, in, in tension and chaos yeah uh, you know, you need more than a couple of barrel fires and and, and, and you some know. plenty of cars yes exactly uh, so in the beginning introduce the squid tech 
right? What it is. Mm-hmm. When Iris is running away from the cops yep. and we see that as them, they rip the wig off and you it, see that she has a squid thing underneath. Immediately. All squids suspect. All wigs. All wigs suspect. And squids as and well. Squids, as well. squids yes. and wigs. Because it's under the wig. <laughs> and then, the, like the very next scene, Tom is Tom Sizemore. With long ass hair. With a bad wig job. <laughs> and I'm like, I've never, Tom Sizemore's never had long hair in a movie. It's like, all wigs are suspects. <laughs> Immediately. And then at the end of the movie, he's wearing them the whole time. It's a wig. Yeah, because all, there's a thing where he like, he flicks his hair with his hand like to get it out of his way, but it's not in his way. It's just like going straight down the side of his head. <laughs> and uh, it's so unnatural and terrible. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just makes me mad that we sit on our couch and be like, that wig is so bad. <laughs> and then his best friend, Ray Fiennes over here, Lenny, never is Notices like, it once. Max, what's up with your wig? <laughs> what's up with your shitty hair? Why do you always have this shitty wig? Uh, I don't know what are you talking about because I'm always recording my rapes um, and making them experience what I feel while I rape them and kill them that's definitely part of why the movie hasn't been more popular oh definitely or, or at the time failed yeah because that's hard to put on an audience dude you know, A rape scenes are rough to begin with yes. B it's like why is this when, even here now when you're adding some sort of strange technology where the person being raped is feeling what the person raping them okay, is the, feeling. Like, what the fuck? So, like, and then in you your get... head, so in your head, like, you have this weird duality where you feel mm. bad because you're being raped and you feel violated and all those things. But, but then at the you're same feeling time, the satisfaction of the rapist. Exactly. And what he's getting be, off because on. Because you're getting fed that. Oof, so, no good. like, what sort of weird paradigm craziness. And then he kills her, but we don't really see how, but he no, kills her. Somehow. And uh, squids the whole thing. Yeah. And then Ray Fiennes watches it and, and then feels Ray, it. Because Ray Fiennes, because someone, a client gives it to him where yeah. he just gets an, uh, something's well, dropped off him in an envelope. Dude, seriously. So he the, watches the, the M disc. With the envelope dropping and the cars being stolen and the this and the that and them finally coming across things. Like, mm-hmm. maybe that's where we can right. whittle it down a bit. The basic plotting of it, the, the, the doling out of information to our lead character. Let's make it happen faster. Mm-hmm. And more concise yeah like why did it take so long for them to be like our car the car it's in the impound lot yeah no it's a, we, we the audience knows that something is yeah. in his car yeah at like minute 10 yes they they figure it out minute like two hour and yeah, 10 yeah like two hours in like we should go to that car yeah and get that disc yeah and uh yeah so. but how's it go Withholding information from the character is good storytelling. Withholding information from the audience is bad storytelling. So that's the way you do it. So they did it right. We know ahead of time. Sure. We know what they need to know, and we watch them figure it out. It's worse when they know something, and then we get in on it at the end. Unless it's like a heist movie. That's sort of fun. Because then you feel like, oh, shit, I got heisted. Yeah, exactly. Um... It's like the Ocean's movie. Yeah, the, yes, at, precisely. You like seeing you, the... Uh, you, you, you know... You know shit's going down. You know shit's going down. Like, where is it? Exactly, where is it? <laughs> I know at the end there's going to be a twist here yeah. that even I don't know about. It's coming. But they all know. Because <laughs> they planned this whole thing. And then when they put it all together, like, ah, yeah. oh, that was satisfying. Exactly. That's good stuff. The, um... Yeah, that rape scene is like, I don't I know. Did, I, there's I, two of them. That, well, because they have to replay it. And then they they cut out a third scene where... 
Lenny is watching the video again because there's the part where in the very beginning when the dude puts the ski mask on, like the end we find some size more, he puts the ski mask on and as he looks into the mirror, so he's trying to he's like I need to see the face. Yeah, so I need to boost the signal. Yeah. Because there's that part where they come up on his friend uh Tick, mm-hmm. uh the guy with the the, the, oh, with the big super collar seventies, yeah. yeah. The, the, the big collar and the weird van and the techie van. The techie van, the uh and the guy who was like selling smut to uh yeah, who, gets his, guy. who gets his brain fried at the end. Yeah. So he fries his brain, right? By boosting the signal yeah. of the squid and melts in his uh, frontal cortex. Frontal cortex. So he, I guess it happens after that moment where he's like, I gotta get, because that's where they explain it all. Then after that moment, he's, um, they go back to one of their apartments, I guess her place, and he puts the disc back in. He's like, I gotta find out who it is. So he keeps replaying the guy looking in the mirror and uh, he's like, I gotta boost the signal and he keeps turning it up and cranking it up. And we're like, no, Ray, don't melt your brain. Yeah, and he he almost fries his own brain and then during that part, then you get crazy images of the whole video so you you go back to some of the rape images which is, as far as rape images go, it's just like, it's not so bad. It's not like, it's not a... uh, Visually, it's not disturbing. It's... Just that, well, rape, thematically well, rape is disturbing and how it already all, in itself, but yeah, how it's all, how it goes down. It's not a girl to dragon tattoo, no. or irreversible no. type thing. You know, no, 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 no. But still, it yeah. still sucks. Yeah. And it's like, why is this a story trope we really need to use in movies? I don't know if it ever has been needed, but it's a, a mean, very short just, uh, shorthand for I people. Mean, you know, just to prove how evil somebody is, I guess. But I'm sure there are better ways we can do that. Kick a puppy. <laughs> That works. Kick a CG <laughs> puppy. I'm like, that's a dickhead. You gotta show me a goddamn rape. I'm trying to watch a movie here about rape finds. Yeah. Uh, trying to bend Juliet pa- Lewis and his giant paisley tie. <laughs> Those ties. One of them was just like, why, dude? It was wide and then flat at the bottom. It was. It was almost a bib. It looked. It looked like a bib. It did look like a bib. Straight up. It, it looked like a bib. It looked like the tie version. A paisley bib. Looked like the tie version of a uh, Rambo's knife from the last Rambo movie. Yeah. Just like <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, we could have done without the rape stuff, and because uh, I was like, Ugh, gross, and um, and yeah, it was just so long. They could have cut down some of the plot machinations and have the characters learn information faster, because it is just a lot of like, Lenny goes to character A, find out about this person, go to B, go to that person. Here's an address. Oh, or, address, or, the, or they're a clue. or they're dead and they have to be chased. Yes, or or, or, and, then shit, or and then shit gets in yeah. the way. Yes, which is it's basic. Film noir, uh, private detective storytelling yeah. 101. I'm fine with all of it. Two and a half hours is a long time for this movie. It is. It takes its sweet, sweet time. They also cut out a scene very funny of how... <laughs> I'm, and I'm glad that they put this on the DVD. Because it's one of the few things... It's dumb, but it bothered me in the moment. At the end. When they have to... He has the disc of Jericho 1's assassination. Yeah. And he's like, I gotta trade it to Philo... For the uh, to let go of my my ex girlfriend yeah. Juliet Lewis, it, and it's not the right disc. And it's not even the right disc yeah. anyway. And uh, it's like, but I'm gonna trade it. And then he's like, No, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, that whole scene. Mm-hmm. They have to get into the party. It's Philo's party. Yeah. She says something like, How are you gonna get us into the most sold out party in L.A. in the city? And he's like, That's what I do. And then it just cuts to them in the party. <laughs> 
And I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> it seemed like a very, like, yeah. just get the line out of there. Just like, we got to go to the party and just go to the party. Why yeah. do they have to be like... That's what I do. They cut out a whole... The scene that they cut out is him walking up to some uh, cameramen who were there, like... Doing his slick stuff. Yeah, wow. they're working for uh, some news crews, so they have press passes, and he recognizes some of them, so he uh, calls them out on the uh, some of the smut that he sold them. And then he just, like, yanks their he press passes. Them. He blackmails yeah. them, and then that's how they get in. They cut that for time. Which, okay. Thank you. Yes. I understand why. You need to do more cuts like that they, throughout the movie. They could have cut out that ADR line, though, too, yep. because then it really brings attention to just get into the party. Yeah. yeah they could have found a little, a few more. Another 10 minutes of cuts, I think, would have yeah. even then. Then it's just a little over two. Then I can say, yeah, it's just a little over two hours. I mean, hell, But at dude. 2.20, it's like, damn, that's practically two and a half. I mean, the Juliet Lewis singing stuff was hot. But was it really necessary to anything? No, they, they spent a lot of time in those clubs, a lot of time looking at fashions and things like that. Yes. Um, yeah. Give us a pass. Ed. Yeah. <laughs> Give me an editing bay. Give me two pots of coffee in the editing bay, and we will. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we'll have the Crespo cut. The Crespo cut. We'll cut this down to a slick, sexy two hours. <laughs> uh, it'll be uh, faster, better, and at least. 75% less rape. Unfortunately, <laughs> we got to keep a little I mean, bit of it in there for story, plot purpose, imply, story yeah. purposes. Yeah, we'll try to imply as much as possible because we care about our audiences. <laughs> um, yeah, man, you know, it's a really good movie, but it bombed. It bombed so hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I get it. Uh, I, I understand. Here we it's go. Like, it's like a weird, I don't know. Can you pull up the current uh, Rotten Tomato score yes. on it, actually? Yes, I'd be I interested can. in seeing what that says. Um, according to Catherine Bigelow in making this movie she said I wanted to treat the system fairly because if it's the enemy then we are the enemy since by not changing it we're reproducing it the film ends in a strong insistence on hope ultimately it's humanity not technology that takes us into the next century and the next millennium I can get with that that's actually pretty good stuff 61% 61% what's the consents? Uh, Strange Days struggles to make the most of its futuristic premise, but what's left remains a well-directed, reasonably enjoyable sci-fi fantasy. It's not really even all that sci-fi. That's the thing. Only the squid thing. It's the squid. Yeah. That's the only sci-fi thing about it. It's a techno thriller in some ways with the squid technology, but otherwise it has way more in common with uh, film noir, film noir yeah. femme fatale than it does actual sci-fi. Um but yeah, like you said, it's similar to Blade Runner. You take out the replicants, you just yeah. have a guy pining for a girl and getting into some trouble. Mm-hmm. Which is just film noir. <laughs> just film noir. <laughs> Lots of trench coats and... Uh, trench coats and rain. Rah. <laughs> <laughs> so, talking like this, yeah, see? Yeah, remember when Harrison Ford was like, Rah, Let's see? smoke cigarettes. I'm a replicant, see? That's my favorite part of that movie. <laughs> um, it might as well be Dick Tracy. She considers, Catherine Bigelow considers Strange Days her most personal film. Uh... It premiered at the New York Film Festival, October 6, 1995. Came out the following weekend, wide. Made $3.6 million opening weekend. Film went on to make less than $8 million. Mm. 7.9. Uh, it cost them $42 million to make. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it did. So, not good. Uh, but meanwhile, at the 22nd Saturn Awards, Angela Bassett won Best Actress. And Catherine Bigelow became the first woman to win Best Director. Yeah. Uh, so it did get some awards, it got some accolades, but it was a bomb, and it's a type of thing that people had to discover over time. I mean, I saw it, I, I almost positive it was Sci-Fi Channel, back when it was Probably. S-C-I-F-I, as yeah. opposed to this, S-Y-F- the C-Fi thing, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, it was especially around like the turn of the century, 1999. And it must have been cheap for them to play too. Because like, it was a bomb. They were just like, we need to license this out to whoever want to fucking play it. Exactly. If you want to play it, we'll watch it. Uh, but I like it though. I think I'm a little surprised that it's not more readily available. Well, I I think it, I mean obviously the the rape is unsettling and the it's yeah it, it is. But there's it, other stuff out the, there obviously just, that's worse. It's a faux future. That's what it is. It doesn't yeah. feel well. Yeah, because the, the only future thing about it outside of the squid thing, like we said, the only future thing about it is that things have gotten worse. Yeah, that's it. But no real reason why. No, even the world building of it could have use a little more fleshing out we're talking about how can we reduce this movie maybe movie needed to be longer unfortunately sometimes that's the case and then strangely the longer thing with the better connective tissue goes faster get ready for Avengers Endgame is three hours long get ready for that thing to fly by Drew I hope so. I really hope so. The Russos and Kevin Feige, they're saying... Uh, I mean, Infinity th- th- War they're went saying, by like that. It was just boom, boom, yeah, that boom, That was a two-and-a-half-hour movie. They're saying with this one, there there are no slow parts. There will be no pee breaks. Show up in an empty bladder. Good. So, that's possible. What if it sucks? What if it sucks? I'm always rooting for it to suck. I mean... <laughs> it would just be so funny the if they shit time. the bed. It would be uh, so funny uh, if they just completely shit the yeah, bed. Yeah. Like, how did on you the, fuck this on the, up? On the biggest one? <laughs> on the biggest one and they have all the pieces yeah. and it's like, they know what they're doing. It's all right there. They, they, just, clearly, <laughs> they clearly know what they're doing and they somehow fuck it up. <laughs> like, what happened? That would be great. <laughs> you let Joel Schumacher on set to give you some advice? They put nipples on everything. Uh, a TV show. It could work as a TV show. What Strange Days? Yeah. I mean... You can even drop the whole Millennium stuff. So what? It's just Altered Carbon? Yeah, it's a ripoff. Altered Carbon's a ripoff of Strange Days. We're, we're mixing Altered Carbon with uh, Sense8. Yes. Bring back Sense8. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yes. Yes. Okay. Is that, is that funny? They're all the same thing. Kind They're all the of. same goddamn thing. Meanwhile, in um, William Gibson's uh, Neuromancer, there's a, is it Gibson? No, who did Neuromancer? There's a, a thing called Stimstem, Simstem, and it's just squid technology. Wow. Book came out in '85. Cameron came up with this idea in '86. Coincidence? I think not. Neuromancer. Yeah, William Gibson. William Gibson. Yeah, that's the book I think where he coined the phrase cyberspace. And then originally Earth. published July 1st, 1984. 84. Yeah. So two years before Cameron came up with the idea for this. Nah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure. But he picked up a copy of Neuromancer. Everyone. Like, Let's make a movie. Everyone read Neuromancer. Yeah. That thing is full of ideas that people ran with in so many different ways. Um, oh, Those are all my notes. Yeah, those are all my notes. That's some good stuff. That is indeed some good stuff. Um, Drew. Chris. We've gone here, it looks like about 40 minutes. Okay. About an hour. Uh, I also wanted to, because not everyone has seen Strange Days, uh-huh. or at least recently, maybe not all of our bonus listeners want to hear necessarily this episode, maybe not right now. Uh, so I would still like to give them a movie news episode. Okay. Uh, you, you, you got work tomorrow? What's going on? Yes. You do? Uh-huh. Uh, let's get back together tomorrow. Sounds good. To do this quick movie news thing. We can do like sure. half an hour on that. I have nine stories here. Maybe I'll add some more tomorrow. Sure. And um, and then I can put both out on Friday. Okay. You're about how Hellboy apparently sucks. I mean, doesn't surprise me. I 
I can't wait. I thought... Now I can't wait. <coughs> I, I was not looking forward to this movie before, but now I can't wait. <laughs> I, I, I mean, the previews didn't really look all that great. Why'd you get away from the microphone for? I'm still recording. And, oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought we were done. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, oh, that's right. We were talking about plans now. That's um, what I'm saying. You were just talking about... I, I didn't even know the microphones were still on. Well, I was gonna... Yeah. Well, if you weren't gonna be... Anyway, don't worry about it. We already made a decision. That's fine. There's, okay. there's already bed music playing underneath as okay. people know that we're going out, okay. so... Good. Uh, cool. PFT Media Production.